afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday. It is... Oh, no. Oh, I just looked at the date. I'm just realizing it. It's 420. Mr. Black just didn't please. even realize it. I just, I just realized it now. We're taking up all of Snoop's air. I'm getting high tonight. <laughs> taking an extra edible. Get yourself one. Get, get yourself real comfortable. Not wake up tomorrow for a bit. <laughs> All right, let me get that there and this here and that down. I was just making the. It's not really a joke, but I was still joking with, with uh, Mr. Black here just before we started the podcast. Is like, my God, going live on YouTube. I feel like I feel like I'm launching a rocket to fucking the moon. In comparison, there's like a whole control center. There's like a thousand buttons that you're that you're pressing. You gotta like fill in like a way, like a fill in like a, a form, like you're at the fucking DMV every time you go live. It's crazy out here. It's a wild, it's a wild situation. I understand why it's the way it is because it goes straight to VOD. So YouTube's forcing you to basically set the page up as if it was a VOD on its own. Yep. But my God, is that inconvenient. <laughs> At the end of the day, the only other thing that I don't like about it either that I wish they could change, and some people were requesting this, and I didn't realize it until uh, until uh, after we did the podcast last week, but when you go live like uh, like we're doing here on YouTube now, everyone gets the notification upon going live, but they don't, when when it's finished and in VOD form and then, and then sent into the playlist or whatever, it doesn't get sent out to like everyone as a normal... VOD. So either yeah. either you get the notification for the stream or you don't get it. So far it hasn't impacted uh, views uh, more than usual. There's just been a handful of people that said they had to come looking for it where they didn't before. So hopefully... If you're listening to this now and you're 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 uh, an, uh, a, you know, a, a watcher on YouTube normally or whatever, that's just what you have to look out for. Is you're just going to have to look out for the uh, the notification for the stream itself and take that to know the video will be there as soon as the stream is over. And just assume that that's where it's going to be. You can go there every Thursday to the channel, and unless something has happened and you've probably followed us on Twitter or something else, you'll know if the podcast wasn't happening. Just assume that it's going to uh, to be there with that being said got another great show lined up for you today hope you guys had a uh, a nice week we're getting springier and springier around here yeah the robins are out in full force which can only mean one thing the frost is out of the ground they're eating every f- poor bastard worm that's come anywhere near the surface they're th- you know, the worms are thinking fuck me i can breathe finally <laughs> instantly friggin' eaten by a robin uh and uh, flowers are starting to slowly pop up Oh, the ground green is starting to return. It's lovely. It's kind of like, you know, when you're anyone that lives in a place that has winter, it's like you're living in a monochromatic world for like four months of the year. And then spring comes around and it's like, it's like turning a movie from black and white into color. It's a crazy uh, kind of experience. And my God, does it ever make you feel a little better? It's, it's wild how winter can make you feel the blues towards the end of it, to say the least. Mr. Black, before we get started, as always, most important question of the week. How was your week? Uh, what did I do this week? Uh, nothing, man. I've been, uh, just been grinding out the work, getting kind of back into the groove finally mm. for like, I don't know, the first time in well over a year. So it feels good. Mm. Uh, outside of that, uh, not too, too much is going on. I, um, locked up, um, I don't know if I told you this or not, but I'm buying a 24 unit apartment building in the States. So that's 24. 
Yeah, yeah. Behind a big, big building. Got a partner. Um, actually, got two partners on this. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. That's, we're kind of creating, the company's being made now. I got to do a bunch of accounting and lawyer shit. Um, International now. We got to have some separate boom. stuff set up. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that's um, that hasn't taken up too much of my time, but it's something that uh, we've been working on for the last two months or so. Um, but yeah, it's all firmed up now, so close next month. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's been going on, and I've been working out again, so that's been good too. I've been working out for like two weeks. Making use of that uh, big old honking Spartan-level friggin' uh, gym equipment that you got in there? Yeah, yeah. So that's been that's been all right. That's been that's been going well. And outside of that, nothing. It's been the same old, same old, same. Amazing. Uh, son, son is all uh, registered for for pre-primary. Oh, so he's going to school. Uh, come. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. So and terrifying simultaneously. I mean, I'm not terrified. Uh, you know, it'll be an adjustment for Kayla. She's gonna go back to work. Um, part time mm. somewhere. Uh, so yeah, there'll be some changes come in September. And uh, what else is going on? I think that's pretty much about it. We're just starting to get the house ready because spring. So we're just doing the gardening, and um, I got to go and buy like fuck. I don't even know how many tons of uh, of uh, mulch because uh, ah. it's been it's been two years since we've done the mulch. Uh, on the, around the house and you know two years ago it took me 10 truckloads it's not going to be as bad this time but uh yeah so i'm gonna have to take out a couple days this man once. deforesting entire fucking uh swaths of land just to be able yeah. to mulch the yard and i'm too cheap to like pay for a landscaper so you know it gets me out the house <laughs> so i'm like fuck it i'll do it uh, I mean, really, so yeah. I mean, like, thankfully, you know, the landscaping in your place isn't like over, like overly complicated. Like the, it's, it's a lot of mulch, but it's not like a crazy no, over the not, top kind of a situation. Yeah. It's not like we got like special gardens and certain types of things. Like, yeah, there's some plants and stuff and Kayla and my mom take care of that, but I'll do the mulch and the heavy lifting uh, when it comes to that. And that I think is it my son started swimming lessons last week and then he starts soccer soon i hate soccer so much i'm trying to uh <laughs> get him to do like t-ball or uh go into karate or something but uh he does want to do karate but he's already a pretty rough kid so i don't even know if i want to like put him in fucking karate so he gets rougher uh, but it might teach him some discipline. So it, might, well, it might mellow him out. Might actually yeah. might be the opposite, right? You might yeah. get him mellow out. We'll see. We'll see. But anyway, yeah, it's just little little things around the house. Nothing, you know, nothing crazy. Well, nothing so crazy week. All of them good things. So that's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, all small stuff around here as as well. We uh, we've uh, started to get the you know it's just never ending putting stuff away. Now that we've got all the stuff. Pretty much all the stuff. There might be some smaller things that come through um, uh, over the course of the next couple of months as they, you know we get ready to sell the sell the family home. There might be some more stuff that comes through, but we got the majority of it when we went down, and so uh, we've spent the the last week doing you know sorting stuff away. Dad and I built the 
the headboard for the bed out of the two headboards that were down there. There were two twin headboards that my grandfather had built for the cottages for the, uh, the bed and breakfast that they ran. And so we just took two of the headboards, fucking smacked them together, and Bob's your uncle, you have a California King headboard. So nice. we put put those together, uh, hung that up on the wall, and uh, and got some other stuff done um, around the house as well. Nothing stand out. Pretty straight, straightforward week. Uh, yeah, God. Usually I have something else to say, but I, I've just been streaming like crazy. Uh, I've had, I think my Dude, last been two days. Where you started before me, I was like, "Whoa!" I just got a notification. Adam went live. I was just like, because I like I finally was like I'm not doing shit around the house as much. I had I have moments to actually work, and so I've been uh, I had uh, not to sound like um, uh, like somebody else in this conversation that you know the grind time is on all the time, but you know I I had uh, two 15 hour and a 13 and change, damn. and then a 12 hour yesterday. And God, so damn. those have been, those have been the last, like, I've got, I've got 115 hours in Elden Ring at this point. And so we've been, we've been fucking, we've been fu- fucking going off the rails on the stream, but it's been, it's been good. It's been, um, it's been uh, nice to be able to do that. Not that I want to continue to do that level of streaming for very long, but for the meantime, it's, uh, an available thing that I can uh, actually do. I've uh, been enjoying uh, Elden Ring for the most part. I look forward to writing the review for it when I'm done. If I'm ever done, that game just doesn't end. It's just a never-ending fucking uh, experience. That thing, uh, and uh, and yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much been it. And so, without further ado, shall we discuss some of the goings-on in the video game industry, Mr. Black? Yes, sir. Nintendo. When I say Nintendo, the first images that pop into the minds of many people is. Mario, and maybe Luigi if you're lucky, and a Yoshi, and happy times, and wonderful feelings, warm fuzzies. For some people, you say Nintendo, and they have PTSD, and all of a sudden they're afraid that their bank account's been drained, and they're going to be sent to the gulag. That's the dichotomy of Nintendo as, uh, for several years now, and in Man Alive in the last few years, they've been really dialing that shit up, and so in the last week, we got another couple of, well, it's been a couple weeks, I suppose, for some of these things, uh, uh, we've been, uh, we've been experiencing a little bit more of Nintendo's litigious side, uh, of the coin, and so I thought we'd, uh, we'd maybe talk a little bit about that, because why not? The first thing... Uh, that some people probably would have seen before the, the second part of this that just came up here in the last, like, two days, was a YouTube creator, Point Crow, who's a relatively well-known YouTube creator, honestly, especially in the Nintendo space, uh, was picked out particularly. Now, I'll preface this by saying that just like with some of the other times in Nintendo's past, when a major release is coming up, they have this thing where they go to the legal department, they say, all right, guys, listen up. It's gut check time. We're going to get you on YouTube. We've we've bought 750,000 phones for you to use simultaneously to ensure that you can find literally every video that has ever been posted on this platform in the last 15 years that's even tangentially related to a small degree to the game that we're about to release. And we want to make sure that you strike the ever-living fuck at every single one of those videos and make sure that they are no longer available on any platform ever on the internet. Go have fun. And so they've been in that season. You know why? Because Tears of the Kingdom is coming out in the not-too-distant future here. We're coming up on uh, that release. And so especially Breath of the Wild stuff, since apparently they don't even watch the video. They just, like, see a thumbnail. They're like, oh, yeah, that looks like Breath of the Wild slash Tears of the Kingdom. Fucking ban. So just, just 
throwing shit out everywhere. So they've been on that tip. However, some people have been getting picked out more than others, and Point Crow uh, is uh, is at the center of the majority of it right now. Uh, he covers a wide range of stuff. Like I said, pretty pretty much into a lot of the Nintendo things very specifically, but he covers a wide range of content. Uh, and what seemingly first got him into hot water was his modded content videos. From what I understand, I listened to his videos, I watched his his video that was kind of loosely outlining this while I was uh, on the way home. I wasn't watching, I was listening. Uh, on the way home from taking him to work. And he was talking about how uh, the videos that he started getting flagged up front were simply videos in which he had been doing mods to some Nintendo games, either A, to bring up, to be able to facilitate and show issues with games of Nintendos in general that were there, or B, just fun stuff. He wasn't selling anything or anything along those lines. And he's been very particular about making sure that he is following both YouTube's content guidelines and, because we all know, especially him, what Nintendo's guidelines are like, that he also colors inside the lines to make sure that he's not catching any strays, so to speak. And so nothing that he's been doing, he's not selling these things or anything of that nature, it's, it's not a, an emulator situation or even a ROM situation, he's just been doing mod videos, you know, as a, as a fun piece of content and to bring to light some of the issues some of these games have. So that was what he first started getting hit with, Mr. Black. Then after that, he started getting hit with some harder shit. And eventually, he got hit with two strikes, basically back-to-back. Not, mm. not claims. That's different. There's a difference. In the land of YouTube, YouTube creators are, are we're very, we're very mm. uh, used to content claims. They roll through quite frequently. Many people, yep. unless they're doing high-profile high effort video don't even give a fuck when a claim comes through they look at it and they're like you know what this ain't worth me fighting it because it's going to be four months waiting for youtube to get back to me and i'm not going to make any money on it anyway so basically a claim is somebody usually they don't actually have a claim to it but youtube doesn't give a fuck it's it's guilty until proven innocent they put a claim in and they get to harvest all of the fucking ad revenue that comes in off of that video because just because they spoke up and said hey i own that they probably don't, but that's what they say. And YouTube goes, oh, my bad. Let me just divert the funds your way. And so usually when those come through, even in the emails that you'll get as a creator, YouTube will say, this is not a strike. It's okay. We're just taking your money. No big deal. And so that's what that is. But this is not what he was getting. He was getting strikes, which is, that's the one that when you get that email as a creator, you start to poop a little. Because you only get three strikes. Like a fucking game of baseball that Jeff is desperately trying to get Kai involved in. You only get three of those bad boys, and your channel is toast. Not only can one channel be toast, but if you're a content creator like Jeff and I here, for example, back in the day, we ran Life's a Glitch 2, which is currently, by the way, if you didn't already know, a technical alpha clips channel. So if you're somebody that can't consume all the podcasts, Life's a Glitch TV 2 on YouTube is where that stuff is housed. Uh, in shorts format now. Mark's been doing a, a fucking banger job over there with the uh, the shorts. We ran that for, for one type of content and Lag TV, the main channel, for StarCraft. And so if we had gotten copyright strikes, actual strikes on our on one channel, YouTube, technically in writing, cannot just close down the one channel that was affected, but every single affiliated channel. And so... When you get a copyright strike as a creator, and that shit doesn't leave your account, that's just there now, you start to pay attention. Nintendo, knowing that they have three, gave this man 
Two. They're sending a warning like a fucking Italian mafia. Some shit. Got your fucking sending you a black dot or some shit in the friggin' mail. They're like, yeah, we know you need three, and your ass is toasted. So here's two. Do something about it. And so they did. They sent them on those, on those videos. But then they started targeting videos that made no sense, Mr. Black. Videos that were unrelated to any of the other content that they were originally taking down. Videos that were literally just standard gameplay. Like, no, nothing, just literal standard gameplay. They were just hitting this man left, right, and center. So he's put out videos explaining this situation. Obviously trying to raise awareness, you know, through his channel. With the hopes of reaching Nintendo, because you're never going to you're never going to reach them by email, or by mail, or carrier pigeon, or almost any other means, psychic or otherwise. They just don't give a fuck. It's Nintendo. They just send the message and they leave. And so he's hoping to get the, some attention. Clearly, but it does highlight a dual problem. One, Nintendo clearly fucking hates people that like their games. Fuck you guys. They don't want anyone to enjoy their games, except for the expressed way in which they want you to enjoy them. You a big fan? Don't even draw fan art at home, you son of a bitch. Just buy fucking Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze for the third time for full price. And play it. Normally. And enjoy it. But if you want to make a video about how much you like it, well. Coming for your ass. And so Nintendo's really bad for that. So he's in the midst of this, but what he is saying specifically and shown, and what is important about this, and I'll throw this over to Mr. Black to get his thoughts on this part before we move on to the second, what he has shown explicitly is that he has not, on any of the videos in which they've claimed, or otherwise, done anything against any of the the agreements that Nintendo or YouTube, the two parties involved in this situation, have laid out for anyone. He is completely within the lines. He's done way more work than most people who are content creators, and Jeff and I would know this. Most of them fucking don't think about any of this shit. They don't. They just they, uh, press OK, yes, agree, fuck it, put the video up, worry about it later. He hasn't done any of that. So, with that being said, who is this? Cha- what channel is this? Uh, this is Point. His name is Point Crow. Is his name? Point Crow. Yes. Okay. All right. I see. Yes. So he would probably his probably his latest video is in, in response to this. <clears throat> I would imagine he's still yeah he's still posting that stuff. I would imagine the last couple of, of videos. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the current situation. So not necessarily specific to this, but obviously you know you, you can reference this if you want. But my question to you, Mr. Black, is for content creation and and things like this with Nintendo, they're not the only company that does it, but they are definitely the most high profile company that does it directly. Like other companies tend to do it through third parties and shit. Nintendo is just fucking them. They're the they're the people doing this shit. Do you think it is okay, especially if they're not going against any of the agreements? Or or do you think this is overreach? Or do you think this is still well within Nintendo's lines? Or is it this case where it's technically within their, their lines, but they're just being assholes? Like, where do, what, do you, what do you think uh, this situation, uh, you know, what, what does this call for? Uh, first off, Guts McStabby, thanks for the $10 super chat. Mm. Uh, he said, "Caught y'all live. Have some pesos." Bless. That's going we'll straight take- to Nintendo to pay for legal fees for mentioning their name on this podcast. <laughs> um, you know, as for the question, 
it's a loaded question because legally speaking, they can do whatever the fuck they want to do when it comes to their property. I mean, mm-hmm. it is it is not a secret that Nintendo is notorious for punishing people for creating content with their IP. I, I don't think it has to do necessarily with them doing it to just be dicks. Um, oh, I don't think that's the case, but they definitely come across as dicks. Of course they do. <laughs> you know what I think it has to do with? What's that? I, I think it has to do with the Japanese culture when it comes to how businesses are ran. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not just Japanese culture. There's Chinese culture. There's there's d- different types of... Businesses handled differently in different places. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And that's not a that's not an out of pocket thing to say. I mean, the way Americans do their business, a way the way the Chinese do their business, the way Canadians do their business, the way Europeans do their business, there is some discrepancies between each um country. And I think Japan or the, the Japanese Specific, I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about Nintendo here. Yeah, they have a very particular way that they want their brand represented. And when you're when you when when you were going through, I didn't want to cut you off, but when you were going through the the things that this guy does on his channel, number one, he's got 1.62 million subscribers. He's right? a pretty big dude. Yeah. So. You know, every one of his videos, on average, is getting between 1.2 to 2 million views. You know, there's videos he has up here of Pokemon. I'm sure he might even get the same type of uh, things. When when you have such a large audience, you're you're going to turn some heads. And the the last thing that you just, I don't think you did it purposely. But the last thing that you said when you were describing what this guy does on his channel, Mm -hmm. you said, and he sometimes talks about what's wrong with the games. And yeah, oh yeah, finding like mechanically correct broken stuff about it. Yeah, correct. When you are doing that, you are you are showing millions of people things that are wrong with the game now. Anybody could talk about what's wrong with a game. It's not a crime by any means. Uh, and everybody has the right to uh, say what they like and they don't like about a movie, about music, about any, anything. You, you can have your opinion. It's a, it's a free world. You can speak your mind. But when you are then also making, let's be real, th- this guy's channel is, is, is probably making half a million plus a year. Just, I'm just prob- probably more. Um, not including brand deals and whatnot. So when you're when you're making an astronomical amount of money and you have millions of people watching your videos, you're putting a target on your back one way or another, and you are playing with fire already, seeing as though you're making Nintendo a big focal point of your channel. Nintendo don't give a fuck about your job. They don't give a shit about your little subscribers. They don't give a shit about how you feel. All they care about is their brand 
and how it is being represented. And they're going to control what they legally are able to control the way that they want to do it. Just like on Twitch, there is no, like us streaming Elden Ring can theoretically be a DMCA. Yes. But it's just a known thing that you don't do that because it's advertisement and it's become the norm. You don't want to be that, that company that is like, nope, you can't have fun. I'm going to be your fun sponge. And there, you ain't making no videos, no nothing, no community. Fuck you. Buy my game, play it by yourself and your friend. And that's the show. And I don't even necessarily think that's what Nintendo does, but they ain't too far from that where they're going, Hey guys, we're selling like fucking crazy anyway. Do you think we really need your fucking YouTube channel up there showing millions of people how broken uh, uh, parts of our games are or or whatever? No, fuck you. I, I don't want that out there. So to answer the first part of your question, yeah, they have every right to do it. I don't think they're doing it just to be dicks. I'm sure if this guy made content and it was like a glowing thing where all he did was like, bow before Nintendo and and you know do all of the all of the things that they would love to see you it might be a little bit of a different story I don't know they still might just say no I can't I I can't watch all of your content I can't I'm not going to pay people to siphon through every one of your videos I don't know what is actually going on so instead they're 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 rolling up on them you know they like we call it in Grand Theft Auto you know, when you're rolling up on someone's block, you're pressing somebody. You're 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 saying you're saying, listen, you you want the smoke? Because I don't know if you see this or not, but you ask got two strikes. Three strikes, you're out, bitch. If I were you, I would make some changes with your content because I'm letting you know we're coming and we ain't stopping and we have every legal right to do it. Do I feel for the guy? Absolutely. As a content creator, when something's going good for you. You're in your lane. You're having fun. People are enjoying your content. You feel like you're doing nothing wrong. And in this case, he probably is doing nothing wrong, like ethically. But like at the end of the day, you don't own it. You you don't own the property. They do. And so you kind of have to play ball. And that's pretty much sums it up. I mean, I, I don't know what else to add. Uh, it's it it is like it, it it does. I think one of the things that I think this was I can't remember if this is last year or the year before because time doesn't mean anything anymore. But it wasn't that long ago where in in the midst of one of these similar situations, like because like I was saying, this is this is like seasonal for Nintendo. It's like it's like allergy season. Was well, Nintendo? It's Nintendo takedown season. Yeah. Uh, there there have been times where you know that they're not watching shit. They're just clicking like immediately or canvassing. Like, ever, like sending it into YouTube to just canvas the like, carpet bomb. Because even things like IGN's review of their games were getting takedowns and deletions. Like, just, like, yep. massive, massive media companies that have direct, direct relationships with Nintendo were catching strays. Yep. Uh, and so it's, it's... It's true. I, I definitely, so I agree to, to, to you know, go over my side of things, which I obviously made clear with some of my jokes I was making along describing this, but so I agree with Jeff. For, as a content creator, I feel for the guy because, you know, and, and, it, and I, t- I it, it makes me sad because Nintendo games make so many people so fucking happy. Nintendo is like, 
the the cornerstone it's Nintendo, oh, it's Nintendo it's right Nintendo you don't even need to describe it it's Nintendo it's and so time. and so when you get a content creator that is one of those people and they're so excited about Nintendo and they love it and it's like when you when you're it's content that is your life now it's not just a hobby this shit is your your job your hobby your life it is the in and out the thing you get somebody that excited about your con- your what you are creating and putting out there and they're not trying to profit off of it in a way that's like you taking like it's not somebody taking a rom and fucking hacking the rom and then yep. selling the rom on the other side it's just it's just cre- it's it's like if somebody went to uh like if we went to go see a uh, a movie or something else and then and then you get people going out and they make like fan fiction they write fan fiction about it or they'll do like they'll yep. front their own fucking like yep. mini shoot of a, of a, remember Mortal Kombat had something similar to like that before Star it turned Wars into a ton of them right yeah. yeah and 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 for me if i was somebody that was if i had created the property like that and i saw that i was getting people so fucking excited that that's what they were doing as long as they were staying within the the fucking lanes of yeah don't don't try and literally take my shit and monetize it as if it's like one for one right like don't resell my shit I would have such a hard time because I'm stifling everyone. Just they're they're just sharing their love for this thing. Yeah, well, so, I mean, when it when it comes to sorry, but when it comes to the yeah. the Mortal Kombat stuff and the Star yeah. Wars stuff, yeah, that, and 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 people have been striked and taken down. Yes, the reason yeah. why that shit has happened is because they don't want the audience to get attached to um uh, um an adaptation that they that they are not doing. And that they and they're not going to commit. They don't even want the plant. They don't even want to plant the seeds. Yeah, yeah, to make yeah. people think that they want something that they didn't know they it's wanted. A fi- it's a fine line to walk. It's a fine right? line, yeah. exactly. And you know, these are multi-billion-dollar companies, man. That yeah. they they don't. You know, it's it's like a it's like being in a factory and you're watching how Gatorade is made, right? And this is. Uh, this is just called orange. All right, there's no fancy name. It's just orange. So you're you're inside this factory, and there's this big fucking machine that is just mixing sugar, mixing fucking sweetener and uh, whatever water and whatever other shit they put in this chemical shit, and it it comes out perfect every single time. It, no matter if you grab bottle two hundred or one sugar or 7, water purple, it, sugar water orange this time. <laughs> yeah, this time. So so this is this. That's what you get. What they don't want is they don't want some content creator coming into the factory and saying, guys, <laughs> hey, I'm inside the factory. All right. This is where they make Gatorade. <laughs> First, before we get into it, hit the like button. Oh, oh, and watch this. They didn't know they wanted this, but back at home, all right, back at home, what I like to do is I like to add a couple teaspoons of cocaine. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. So what do they do? They just dump a whole pile of cocaine inside the in, inside the Gatorade mixing thing, and then somebody takes a bottle of it and they drink it, and they go, "Whoa, this is fucking amazing! This is great! Should have been like this the whole time." Gatorade don't want that shit. They don't want you contaminating the stuff that they make. It tastes the way that they want it to taste. Nintendo, they want the game represented in a way that they presented it in. Even if somebody else makes, criticizes, 
modifies whatever. They Even if it's theoretically a better tasting drink, or in this case, a better piece of content or a better part of a game, they don't want you to experience that in that enheightenment, that that advanced part of the product through someone else. They want to give you that experience, and that's when when you when you're dealing with these companies that are worth this much money, they they ain't got time for you, bro. They're saying this fucking guy on YouTube strike, strike. They don't give a fuck. They don't care if this guy, you know, drug his way out of poverty. He's got 16 kids at home, uh, three wives and a fucking, I don't know. They don't give a fuck. All they care about is their product and what it looks like and how people consume it. And Nintendo is that company that will fuck you up if they feel threatened in any way, shape, or form. And since they own the IP, they have full control over what people do with it. And so they are inherently doing nothing wrong, but it's annoying as fuck. And, and you know, it pisses people off. And people scratch their heads and they go, why are they doing this? It doesn't make any sense. Well, I just explained it. And I'm sure that there are even more in-depth reasons why they don't want this shit to happen the way they do. And they, like I said before, the, Japanese, the, the way uh, some Japanese companies are ran are very different than what Activision Blizzard's going to do and very different from what, you know, Rockstar is going to do. They, and even Rockstar does things a certain way. You fuck around, you're going to find out. You know, Nintendo, same thing. Atlas, same thing. Konami, same thing. They all have their their different gripes and and things that they're willing to do. And here we are. And with Nintendo, it's nothing. It's just nothing at all. That's the, your entry. Your entry point is just nothing. It's true. So, in, like in Japan, and some of this I think stems from what you were talking about in the beginning. It's true. So in Japan, we've talked about this on the podcast as well. The cop, the you know, the the IP law that's over there is very different than it is here. Uh, from the way that I understand it, it's it's you know boiled down. It's if if a company in Japan does not actively protect its intellectual property, pretty much at every corner, then they are able to lose the rights yep. to their own intellectual property. And yep. so, even though they're operating in a theater outside of Japan, in much of these instances, they are still applying. They just say the same same policy everywhere. Got to defend this shit from top to bottom. Uh, and make sure that uh, that we continue to uh, to protect our I, uh, our our IP, even if it uh, comes at the at the at the cost of uh, looking like a bit of an asshole. Nintendo also, in a, I guess in a in a way that uh, is is fortunate for them, a lot of their a lot of the 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 base of players, they don't know any of this is happening. They don't care. Oh, they don't give a shit. Then like no, this, this is not like a lot of North American companies where uh, content is pushed through on a lot of North American games, and so lots of the people playing them are totally aware of what the companies are doing. Nintendo doesn't need to worry about that. Kai upstairs playing Pokemon Snap on the Switch doesn't know anything about Point Crow or his situation with Nintendo, and if you asked him, Kai would probably just say, can we just go do something else? Like, I don't yep. give a shit. He don't care. Nobody cares. He don't care. 
You don't and care. so and so it, it doesn't really hurt Nintendo the same way that it would hurt a North American company catching flack in the online community for doing something like this. Even if people understand, you know, the reasoning behind yeah. it, it can sometimes be a well, bit silly. And last thing before we move on, because I don't want to beat a dead horse, but uh, yeah, yeah. The, the the last thing is 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 even if they did, Japanese companies don't give a fuck about what you think. They're gonna do what they do. They're not, they they they're not this Ameri- this Americanized. Uh, walking on eggshells thing where these companies will change what they're doing on a dime because of a a, a social uh, backlash or whatever. Nintendo will give zero fucks. This could be a front page Reddit with a million upvotes. The shit could be on every talk show, a podcast. They ain't going to give a fuck. They'll give zero fucks. They won't change. Okay, you know what? This, this, this This ain't a... Uh, what was that? What was the uh, Dungeons and Dragons? When Dungeons and Dragons changed their fucking their their content thing or whatever, right? People got up in arms. They're like, "Whoa, I better back up that fun bus a little bit." Nintendo be like, "Suck on me, dick! I ain't doing shit. I ain't doing shit. Don't like the rules? Fuck off. Don't need you. You don't run the company. We do." It's very accurate, very accurate. So part two to this, which is not the same topic, same, it's Nintendo, different topic, uh, a very interesting one from a similar, like, business, all the right in the world. Morally, what the fuck are you doing? Kind of a situation. Uh, And this is perhaps the more high profile of the two. So a couple of years back now, Nintendo filed a lawsuit uh, against a member of Team Executor, which was uh, a business that was more or less producing hacks for Nintendo consoles and selling them. So now we've entered into actual money territory. Yeah, so it's just like... That's a problem. So this guy, ironically named Gary Bowser, by the way. It's shocking how many people seem to have the last name Bowser still involved with Nintendo. I mean, the company is literally Nintendo America is run by a guy named Bowser. This guy's name's Gary Bowser, and unfortunately, hate to say it, he's Canadian. Uh, but, uh, he was one of, he wasn't the head of, but he was one of the employees of this company. Uh, and Nintendo hasn't been able to get their hands on to extradite or get into a court. The other leading members, including the owner of this, uh, would be company, but they got their hands on Gary. And so unfortunately for Gary, that means that Gary is catching the fucking death of a thousand sons, uh, from Nintendo's legal department to make a very strict point about any of this. They want this to happen one time and never again. And so Gary is unfortunately catching a lot of fucking heat for this. So Gary got fucked on. Gary, Gary got and, and in perpetuity will continue to get fucked on. Case in point. So this man just spent 40 months in jail. He's 53 years old uh, and uh, spent 40 months. So almost four years in jail. I think it was supposed to be a little longer, but he got out because his health ain't too hot. And so he's, he got out of jail for that reason and on good behavior. So 40 months in jail, he leaves. Uh, he, uh, he, his part in this, in terms of how much money he financially gained in this whole operation, has been estimated in, uh, to be somewhere in the neighborhood of, I guess, $300,000 over the course of several years. I think they averaged out that he was making a little bit better than the average income of, of most people uh, by doing this. It was just that it was spread over the course of all this time. And so he was sentenced to 40-something-plus months or five years or four years or whatever in jail. He served 40 months. He gets out. 
Uh, but also on the other side, that was a fine, of course. And because Nintendo hasn't been able to get right on top of anyone else of the company, Gary is seemingly going to bear the weight of all of the damages that Nintendo found that they have been served in the uh, the existence of this said company. And that's to the tune of $14.5 million. As such, $4.5 million was, a, was a, a, a separate portion of the fine, and then $10 million was another. The 4 and a half he may not have to pay because he's going back to Canada and he might be able to dodge that. You know, bullet dodged on that. Now he only has to pay $10 million. So he's got $10 million bucks. Unfortunately, Gary, who's 53 with health problems, as one might imagine, making three hundred grand over the course of nearly a decade, not swimming in money. Gary, he's not really just fucking banging out dollar bills left, right, and center. So, 10 million bucks, bit steep. And so, what's the solution? Well, they're going the old-fashioned fuck-you route, and they're going to garnish the wages he doesn't make, especially now that he's spent time in jail for a federal fucking offense, uh, where he's going to have an even harder time to- I mean, how hard was it going to be for him to find a job at 53 with health problems? That is 53 health problems, and just got out of jail for a, for fucking fraud or some shit. And so now he's a felon on top of all these things. They're going to garnish his wages in perpetuity until this is paid off, because it's in perpetuity, because he ain't paying it off. And he better- his kids, if he has any, better thank God that that shit doesn't get passed on to the next generation when he eventually fucking kicks the bucket because his ass is gonna get through about fucking ten grand of this shit before he's gone and there's still gonna be nine hundred and ninety thousand dollars well, nine million nine hundred ninety thousand dollars left by the time this all said and done. Twenty-five percent is what he was ordered to pay out of all of his earnings. Uh, starting, I think he has six months from his release to start these payments. So 25% of all of his uh, take-home pay will go directly into the coffers of Nintendo until $10 million is paid off. Again, that's not going to fucking happen. He's just going to be paying them 25% a month for the rest of his life. Uh, and that's it. That's where he's at right now. So he's back in Canada. He's in a hospital at the moment getting checked out and, and fixed up. And uh, before I hand this off to Jeff, I just want to clarify. I'm not necessarily in, in this guy's corner for what he did and took part in because clearly he broke the law. I'm not disputing that. The man literally ran an operation or was part of an operation that made a fair amount of money over the course of several years uh, that uh, that should not have been a thing. And so he should definitely have been uh, in trouble for that and uh, and served time and maybe had a fine, etc. So he served nearly four years, which I think for 300 grand in his involvement is already a pretty decent start to serve four years in federal prison. Uh, and then a fine of some amount would make sense. Do I think personally, $10 million where you know this man is never going to even approach $10 million and you could pass that on to the next three fucking generations of his family and it will still not be paid off $10 million? Do I think that that was necessary? No! Do I think this is 100% Gary, unfortunately, being the, the example that Nintendo wants to make of somebody? Oh yeah. Yes! And now, Mr. Black, what's your read on this bad boy? Uh, it's it's kind of crazy. <laughs> that that shit's kind of crazy. The, uh, now I mean, this is now not to make light of this, but this might actually. I would be worried about him wanting to just end things if you catch my drift. Because if you well, landed yeah, that either, on my plate, yeah, I mean it, it's 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 either that or like you just you're just not working. Like you're you're just you're just living off government paychecks, and you're just finding a way to, I guess, be comfortable. Um, I feel for the guy because that's kind of insane. Um, I think, I think everybody has kind of downloaded things 
on the internet and you know i've i've dabbled with some roms and i've done i've been down the road you know uh as well i will say i've never sold anything for profit <laughs> of course um especially at the tune of three hundred thousand dollars literally uh but you know he's definitely being made an example of um it's unfortunate it's a 53 year old man that just spent uh nearly four years in jail nearly four <laughs> years in jail um i think that is already a little that probably you probably could have left it at four years in jail and maybe yeah. like let's say a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine yeah okay yeah. okay four years you know, and 14 and a half least, million at the very least like find the guy the 300k that he made and add interest on there yeah you know yeah okay that yeah. seems that seems like a very nintendo deserves something but god damn 10 million from from a registered felon now i mean this guy where, where is he gonna get a job at? he's gonna go work at you know walmart maybe not saying there's anything wrong with working at walmart but you ain't making bro they $10 know million dollars in a lifetime they know they're never getting that money back and that's what's the craziest part about this shit like he he should be punished and do his thing but to do this that's that's pushing a man you know like the, somebody said in the comment section of video i was watching about this that this sounds like a villain origin story yeah type situation where like the the punishment he does not bowser yeah like the punishment does not match the crime in this instance i think most people would agree i think even nintendo knows it does not match the crime uh but you know here we are it's kind of like you know what do you what do you do for him so anyway nintendo calm down it's okay breathe you're fine it does, like, but it's true. They are they are very protective of their IP. It's kind of like I was reading. You know, Japanese companies are very very efficient at this. Well, we all know how much uh, you know uh, uh, Pokemon is worth, but I think the one that's more impressive is that like in the top three or five most valuable intellectual properties in the world, Hello Kitty is on like the top three or some shit, and it's just, that's it. It's just Hello Kitty. There is no. It's one. Per, it's one fucking one cartoon. And it's in top three all-time world. Like, they, they are yeah, IP management monsters over there. They are very, very efficient and good at it. Yep. Mind and you, I don't think the Hello Kitty... Nobody. I don't know if the Hello Kitty team's coming after a man's wages for $10 million, but nevertheless, Crazy. there it is. Uh, moving on. VR and FPS shooter by an indie team called Unrecord, which is a title for sure. Uh, has an official Steam trailer that came out, uh, I believe it was yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. I sent that for Mr. Black so he can take a little peek. I've see already this. watched this, yeah. Oh, I've you see, you're it. aware. Uh, so, and it has people uh, talking again. It had people talking the first time that they had, like, a short, excuse me, snippet. This was a while back now that they did that. Uh, but, uh, but particularly this time around, cause it's a longer trailer and particularly they're talking about, of course, how photorealistic the visuals are because they are particularly, you know, photorealistic. The lighting is very well done and the animations of the, in the head bob and whatnot are, are like, if you're watching, especially on your phone where you're not full screen. So like you're taking it in from a bit more of a distance, 
you would not you would be forgiven if you mistook it no, for it looks real. Yeah. It looks real. And so uh so uh the discussion that's been happening around online, I'll also give the concept of this game. So as you heard, the name of the game is Unrecord. Uh and the idea of this game is that you are a tactical police officer. Uh, and we're experiencing this game via the officer's body cam, which, in, again, the game is called On Record. I think you can start to stitch some shit together there between the concept of the game and the title of uh, of the game itself. Uh, and so the photorealistic issue, uh, or not issue, but the nature of it, and it is very impressive, uh, is raising some concerns uh, about it, probably because it's also a shooter. And so... What I have here in my notes is for uh, Mr. Black and I to talk about. I'm interested in Mr. Black's thoughts. So I'll just read what I have here in my notes and we get Mr. Black's thoughts on this. So I said, it's apparent that the term photorealistic is getting closer and closer uh, to being less of a tagline and more of a reality. I mean, we've tossed around the whole photorealistic thing since 1996 when we saw Cloud Strife with four fucking triangles that were supposed to exist to make up his elbow joint that just fucking disappeared into nothingness. We were like, wow! Holy shit, it's so photorealistic! Look at those backgrounds! So we've been using this term for a while. We are approaching now, in the year of our Lord, 2023, some pretty close to actual photorealistic environments and situations. We are making it no longer a tagline, but indeed closer to a reality. Do we think that there's a point in which certain sub-genres of games, like a first-person shooter may actually get to be too real in the sense that it may actually desensitize people to realistic gun violence because it looks and plays so real. We're talking about a game that's photorealistic, that's VR. So not only is it photorealistic, you're putting the headset on, you are in the room. You have got the hand controllers in your hands, as you know, with the VR set, and you are going through these motions. It changes things, you know, whether some people might like to admit or not, it definitely does. Now, this changes it in ways that people might have thought back in the day, Counter-Strike was a thing. Jeff would remember when we were young lads that a lot of the discussion that you would hear in the news is uh, even surrounding games uh, like Counter-Strike or even fucking Halo, which was not photorealistic and about a fucking seven foot eight bio fucking machine human dude traveling to a ring planet far away fighting aliens, which is a little different than playing a game in VR photorealistically as a police officer through a body cam shooting people. Regular ass humans changes the game just a little bit when uh, when those things all come together. So, is this or does this seem to be approaching that issue properly for the first time? And before I uh, I, I hand this off to Jeff, my other points to add to this are: imagine, for example, and many people would remember this that played it. Remember, Mister Black, the uh, the level no Russian in Call of Duty. You walk out the elevator, they're having the talk, and the last words you know you know no Russian walk out and you are in, a, in an airport and you're doing some shit i can't even describe it to you on this platform because that scene and that has been completely you can't go anywhere near it that's the level of of controversy surrounding that scene uh in that game uh imagine that but this game's photorealism in vr because that's what's possible if they wanted to they could take what they have in this game and just do a, a no Russian, uh, you know, uh, and you, it'd be there. You could do it. So imagine that. That's where we're at right now. 
And then, and then I think the last thing that I already kind of joked about is having a body cam cop game with photorealism like this and calling it unrecord is some bold shit in 2023, given all the shit that we've seen with cops and body cams in the last four years or five years uh, has been a hot topic. Lots of cops turning their body cams off to do some heinous shit. And thankfully, there have been other cameras on while shit's been going down. It's been a, a very, in North America anyway, a very uh, controversial topic. And so uh, I think they know what they're doing when they're calling the game unrecorded and making it about a fucking cop with a body cam. That's not all a bunch of coincidences tied together in a line that's called a pattern. So I think that's part of it. But to answer that question, Mr. Black, how do you feel? Do you think that we're approaching that? Do you think this is starting to get close to a problem uh, situation for desensitizing, especially younger folk? Uh, and even younger folk, I gotta be honest, I looked at it, and I was like, fuck me, I don't even know if I want to play that. Because it's getting a little... It's getting a little... Fo- well, I get photorealistic, Mr. Black, as much as I, like, you know, there's a difference to me between playing Call of Duty, and then that game seems like, in my brain, and I've been playing games my whole life, I went, uh, I don't know about that. So how, how do you feel about this situation? Um, you know, it's tough because it looks incredible. Like, I mean, holy shit. The stuff looks from, from a visual standpoint, I haven't played it, so I don't really know like what it feels like, but from like what I'm watching it's 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 that thing that you've always imagined video games would look like. We knew it was day. coming, kind of thing. We knew it was coming, but like yeah. I didn't think it was going to come this soon. <laughs> um, it is, you know. You want my honest answer? Of course. I think it's scary, and. I think it's a bad, I think, I I don't think this is good. I really don't. And, you know, I've always been the guy that made the argument that like, you know, if something is, something is adult, if it's 18 plus, kids should not be playing the stuff. And you should have a, a mature enough brain, uh, to realize like old enough to understand uh what is right what is wrong what is real what isn't and you don't take anything too serious but this is so real you know if if we were watching a game right now and it was like resident evil and there were zombies walking around and you were shooting zombies and stuff. I would still feel a little off by seeing how real the shit is. But at the same time, it would be a really cool thing to experience and very, very horrific. But we're getting so close. This is so close to real that like, and it's in VR. That it makes me uncomfortable. Um, I honestly think that this, the argument that people gave that like video games are, you know, rotting the minds of our children and they're, they're going out and they're creating, they're doing these mass shootings and they're 
they're planting seeds into the heads and stuff. You know, there is an argument to be made for that as a whole already. Not one that I fully agree with by by any means. I mean, you, and, you know, we, and has yet to be proven with all the studies they've done. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not just going to take that argument and kind of throw it out the window and be like, oh no, you're stupid. You know, I'm sure that there are people that have gone out and done some pretty heinous things that were addicted to shooting video games or whatever, but there is no evidence that that's the thing that drove them out to do it. What I fear, though, is something like this. Depending on what the how the reward system feels like, and how how the game operates, and and how it makes you feel, seeing as though it feels and looks so fucking real, that like it might start planting seeds into people that aren't mentally capable of handling such realism in such a uh, setting that they might feel as though, like, I've already experienced what it's like to shoot somebody, uh, to be shot, and to have that. I don't, I don't know. Like, it's, it's hard for me to explain, and it's, a, and it's a... It's a sticky situation because usually I'm the guy that's on the other side of the fence where I'm like, nah... People are old enough. They can make their own decisions. They can do it. For me, bro, I see that shit. They're not going around shooting paintball guns. Like, this ain't a paintball simulator where they're showing you how real shit is. They're, they're, they're showing some real fucking shit. And if you guys haven't seen, uh, seen this, it's, it's, it's very realistic. It's scary realistic. Um, and the type of game that they're making here is almost promoting... Um, uh, realism violence to the point where it makes me uncomfortable. Um, that's my honest answer. I, I, I don't, I don't like this. Uh, it's, 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 it's not something I'll buy. It's not something I'll play. Um, you know, I guess it's really great for those simulators that people really want to experience things. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people that are, gun owners that are very responsible and they're, you know, I'm, I don't even want to get into the politics of that, that will really enjoy something like this. Just like the realism. Nobody's worried about them. No, like nobody's, nobody's worried, worried about them. Nobody's worried about them. It's just like iRacing, very realistic with the cars. This is even more realistic than the iRacing stuff. And that shit looks fucking, that shit looks crazy real and feels crazy real. But this here is like another level of holy shit. Like you could be training people uh to 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 go out there and have the confidence uh and 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 reenact these things. I mean, dude, modification gets so crazy that people could literally recreate areas and 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 learn how to maneuver and the things to do in in places and just with how crazy guns and things are in certain parts of the world, <clears throat> America, it's it's scary, man. It's fucking scary. This is, I, it's like, on one end, I want to be excited about the, the leaps forward that we're getting in video games. But on the other hand, I'm like, whoa, it's kind of like seeing some, some like AI that comes out 
and you're like, holy shit, this thing is so fucking smart. It's like, it's real. Then you realize like, okay, what does this actually mean? Like, whoa, this could be trouble. That's how I'm feeling about this. It's wild. It's yeah. Wild. So like, I think, you know, the things that make this bad are inherent, like inherently are other than the fact that it does have a, a lot of photorealism to it. And people in the comments actually have been pointing out for, or in the chat's been pointing out, you know, it's when you're, you know, the, the character models aren't quite as nice as the environment and the, the, the uh, video filters that they're using for the, cause it's out of the body cam does a lot of the heavy lifting to, you know, make it look more real than it really is. And if you took the filters away, well, yeah, I mean, I could make all sorts of arguments for like, yeah, if I turned every character in the game into, into fucking Bozo the clown and I fucking took the filters off and then made everything paintball mode, then it would be kind of like my mom convincing herself that us playing Goldeneye as a seven-year-old with paintball mode on was somehow different than fucking shooting them with real bullets. It's not, but like the, the, it, it's the fact that that's the package. You, you yeah. can't you can't look at the package and be like, well, it, it you know it's not bad because if you took these parts of the package away, it would be better. But the reality is, is we're not taking those parts of the package away. It's just what it is. Yeah. VR by itself is already is already. I'm sure I don't have any I don't have any studies on this, but if I, I would be shocked, given how adaptive the human brain is that spending extended periods of time in a virtual reality environment probably starts to blur the lines when they take the helmet off uh, and and fuck with people a little bit, similar to somebody who may hallucinate for various mental reasons. Uh, the, the I would be shocked if that's not the case if you're in extended periods of time. It also is kind of like the, like, uh, you know, the, the degrees of separation from something matter. So, for example, in this instance, you have a game that is photorealistic, to a degree that or or realistic looking in a way regardless of filters or whatever that your brain registers it as more real or close to real that's all that matters it doesn't matter if you pause frame and look through every pixel to find something that doesn't look real what matters is that the the whole is telling your brain this looks real that's all that fucking matters so that's a degree in and of itself the next degree is you're moving past a screen and into a vr environment now you're being placed in an environment that is specifically within a technology that is specifically designed to make you feel like you are in the environment that it is projecting to you it is not trying to just put the screen it's not the same as like taking your eyeballs and fucking and cramming that shit up against your 65 inch television and playing it up front it's not the same thing this is designed to put you in an environment and make you feel like you're in that environment and with other controllers, make it even as tactile as possible. The sights, the fucking audio, the 3D audio, the uh, the tactical controllers that you had, the feedback, everything is provided to you. We're out here making things like the fucking, as you've seen, where you hook yourself up at the waist, you're on a shit that you can walk on, treadmill style, or even full fucking sprint in these oh, yeah. games. All this is all of this is already here and only getting better. This just so happens to feel like to me the genesis point of the of the whole argument of have we reached the problem child of video games as this might actually be the one. This could be the yeah. canary in the coal mine situation cuz it's all about degrees of separation. We've got almost none now left. When you put VR, photorealism, first person shooter, about a cop body cam yeah it's everything it's it's like there's no degrees there's not just no you're, you're up in against it. the wall you're, you're in pulling it the trigger like you're yeah. in it dude we uh i'll 
I think everybody that's listening to this podcast has seen a video on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube where, you know, somebody has been seriously injured or killed in a video and you know it's coming and it's hard to look at. And sometimes you, you for me, it's like, I don't even want to see it. Like I just kind of click out. It's like I, you know, or you're kind of watching, but like you're, you're preparing yourself to, to just stop it or whatnot. Well, you see people what, falling over and shit. Falling like- over. Exactly. Right. In this, think about the videos that you may have seen on the internet that make you extremely uncomfortable, but like you're there and you're in control and you're the one pulling the trigger. You're the one doing these things. I, I actually believe that this will be a problem. It won't be a problem for everybody. Don't get me wrong. The majority of people, I don't think it will be a problem, but it's the minority. And this can, this can do a lot of damage to people's minds. Um, depending on how addictive the games are, how it feels, um, you know, it's, it's in my opinion, it's, it's companies like big, think about NASA. I am sure that NASA astronauts, when they're training, they're in simulators. They're not actually going into space on the first go. They're in these probably insane. I don't know. I could be talking into my ass. Oh, they have simulators, yeah. They're probably in some crazy, high-tech, insane simulators that replicate gravity, that replicate um, pressure, and and all of the things. The photorealism, everything. They probably got it. And they they practice these things. So when they go to do the real thing, they are mentally prepared it's obviously going to feel a little bit different because it is a simulation to real life, but they're going to build the confidence. They're going to understand what to do, their surroundings, the all of this stuff. I've been here before. I've done this before. I can do it. And it's scary to think that there could be some troubled people out there that um, could be using this as training ground or have a... a, a a bad moment in time and, and say, you know what, uh, you know, I'm fucking, I'm really good at this unrecord. Uh, I bet you I can do it in real life. And that's a very scary thing to think about. And it, like Adam said, it's very different than playing Halo two. It's very different than playing call of duty. It's very different from playing any of those other games. This is on another fucking level. I would have just rather of this game have been with paintballs and a big paintball court showing off it, make it lighthearted and whatever. But instead, they know they what they're doing. Straight they went straight for police body cam, bro. They went straight to it, and they know what they're doing. It's going to get all the headlines. It's going to get everybody talking. It's a, t- it's a very, very touchy subject, and, it's, and, it's, and it's, it's a problem. This one's a problem. Yeah, I think, um, and just to talk just briefly about the point, one of the points that you were touching on, where you know it's, it, there's it's not that we you have to be worried about everyone but you do have to take into consideration you know you have to weigh the the w- risk reward of 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 what type of person gets exposed to this stuff i think it's relatively safe to assume that there is i think it's we're not assume but i think it's relatively safe to say or reasonable to say the things that we're saying especially when we're currently in an environment where like four times or so or three times in the last week 
People are getting people are getting themselves unrecorded by pulling into a driveway to turn around or accidentally knocking on the wrong door looking for their siblings or or getting into the wrong car accidentally. Like we're we're in an environment where people have a lot of access to weapons and they are very paranoid right now and very on edge. Everyone, you can feel we talked about this on my stream last night. You can feel it. People are on edge they're not everyone even people that are relatively mellow and stable are still at a different level than they were four or five years ago the the general anxiety of everyone is much higher for obvious reasons there are millions of reasons but it doesn't matter what the reasons are so much as that that's where we're at and in certain places in america there are a lot of weapons more than people and it's getting easier and easier for somebody to have an oopsie moment and it's not about a guy or a girl walking into a crowded area sometimes it's what we were just talking about pulling the driveway paranoid yep over that's it and that's, that's it. it so this is there there are certain things, even as I think it speaks volumes that somebody like Jeff and I, who are who normally don't agree on everything, are on the same page here. We're old gamers. We've been playing this shit for long. We played it all. Jeff voiced over a dude in a fucking war game, for God's sake. I mean, we we there is a there is a certain this is different. It's hitting different. You know it's different. It's kind of like when you were young, if you're an older millennial like us. And you were on the wild west of the fucking internet, and you saw a video that you definitely oh, I should saw, not I've, have seen. We've seen several. I've seen a couple. I've seen a couple of them, and it's still to this day it, it, it's seared into my brain. You don't unsee it. There is no unrecord for watching no. some of the stuff that's there, and you know when you're watching, even as a kid, you see it, and there's a voice in the back of your head that goes, "Nah, yeah, I probably shouldn't be seeing this right now. This is going to do something." yeah so just that's a thing so we'll see how this pans out see how the discussion around it honestly it's a 70 30 people just excited about how good it looks and 30 percent. and it might be a latent factor where over time people get past the 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 wow factor of how good it looks and go wait a minute just like you were saying with ai like it catches up to you 72 hours later you're like wait a minute my job's in danger <laughs> wait a minute my life could be in danger yes exactly changes things a little bit uh speaking of uh being in danger well it's being in danger of never making it to store shelves but it's still somehow going mr black duke nukem forever can rest easy although it probably already was and anyone that worked on that project i salute you because that shit <laughs> That was bad. I'm sure it was a very long 13 years that that project was going on. But they can rest easy now. You know why? Somebody's taken over for them. They've taken the banner. They've taken the mantle. They're carrying, they're bearing the cross, Mr. Black. Beyond Good and Evil 2 is now 15 years deep. Mm. And even though... You know, relatively recently, we were talking about in the podcast, I mentioned this, during Ubisoft's mass layoffs that they just went through, like many other companies in the tech sector, uh, they did make a point to say, don't worry, I know some of you are thinking about it, Beyond Good and Evil 2, still happening, still out there, Mr. Black, still being worked on, still in development, which a lot of people took to mean, oh, okay, well, that's good, the game is, is a long, it is, it's taken a long time, but it's in progress. It's fine. We've seen a CGI trailer for it a few years ago. Clearly, uh, you know, that means that they're in that time span. Something has happened to get this going. It's good to hear that it's still happening. 
I've got some bad news. A job posting was found online, Mr. Black, that they are currently searching for a senior concept artist, specifically for Beyond Good and Evil 2. Now, I'm not a video game developer, but if I was a betting man, I'm not a betting man either, but if I was, normally one looks for a senior concept develop, uh, artist pretty early on in the design of a video game. Like, as in the beginning. God created light? It's that. God's the, the senior concept developer. Or concept artist. <laughs> in the beginning, there was nothing. And then he said, light this bitch up! And it happened. That's where they're at. In the beginning. And so unfortunately, despite the fact this, this shit's like 15 years deep it might be another 15 so just buckle up for that bad boy don't get excited uh if you were before i'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news but uh hey on the upside by the time it releases it might look as good as unrecord so you know you can look forward to that it's a possibility i'm not i'm not guaranteeing it it's a possibility though so to tack on to this uh mr black i have a question for you do you think that there is a case to be made that sometimes too much time can be spent on a game. Like when a game is taking nearly or sometimes twice as long as the life cycle of a console that it was meant to be played on, for example. How often is that likely to actually ever pay off? You know, we have some outlier examples like GTA. That takes a long time. Those games are six or seven years in the kitchen being cooked. Minimal. Minimum. Zelda, similar, five, six years at a time. But those are outliers, Mr. Black. And you know when they come out, they're going to be certified bangers. There's no question marks hanging over the heads of those games. Beyond Good and Evil 2 by Ubisoft, several question marks. 15 years, add a few more. So do you think in general, not just including the obvious uh, example of Beyond Good and Evil, do you think that maybe games need to, like, let off on the gas a little bit and learn to use the brake occasionally. This ain't Mario Kart. You can press the brake. Do you think that maybe they should scope down a bit to keep the length of development on average shorter so that they don't run into situations like this where they feel like they have to redevelop the game five times in the span of an entire life cycle of one of their own developers? Well, I mean, yes, but I think uh, it all depends on what is classified as in development. Because... You know, in development can mean a lot of things. It can mean, yes. hey, we're just starting to write the game. We're just starting the concept art. We're just starting uh, putting the team together. We're just starting ideas. We're just... So to think that they've been working on a game, like, legit for 15 years, I don't think that that's the case. Mm. I think, like, maybe it has been discussed talked about, maybe even started development, stopped for a long time, came back. I mean, look at look at Avatar, right? Avatar 2 was in development for like 11 years, but like they weren't actually working on the the Avatar for 11 years. They were waiting for technology to, to catch up so they could realize their vision. But it was still being produced, being being 
worked on to some degree and then put on the back burner for several years and then coming back to it. And that's probably what's happening here. Um, so, you know, I don't for a second think that these guys have been, been even working on this game for five years. I really don't. Even though they put out a, a full like three minute long or whatever CGI trailer for it, you don't think they were a little deeper in than just talking they about might it in have a boardroom? Been. They might have been. They they might have been, but like you know, a lot of a lot of this stuff too is is done to tease people, to see interest. Um, sometimes they they have full. They, they're like, yeah, we're gonna do this game. They get thirty percent in. They have something else that comes up. They put a complete halt on it. They go do this other project. Then they come back to it. Then they work on it a little bit more. It could be something like that. And probably mm. it. COVID that hit. You know, a lot of company buyouts and all this other shit that goes on. Who knows? But what I will say for a game like Beyond Evil 2 and a lot of these other games like Duke Nukem Forever uh, and there's tons of other games that have been in development for a while that come out and they're just meh. All these games, they remind me of shit throwaway Netflix seasons of shows where it's like in-house, what do we have to work with? We have this thing beyond good. We can do number two. Green light it. <laughs> go then something else comes up okay stop go do this because that's not very important i just feel like it's it's meh and i don't think i think the majority of people don't really give a shit if the game is made in three years 15 years or 50 years i think the outcome is going to be the same for games like this with rockstar you know what you're getting with blizzard you know what you're getting it's just the way it is. So, you know, I don't know if I answer your question or not, but. Oh, no, you, you, you did. I think it's, you know. I think it's, I, I, and I agree with pretty much everything you said there. I, I, I don't think it's been in development in the sense that there have been people, you know, programming or, uh, or, or putting scenes together in level design for 15 years. You know, Duke Nukem Forever is a special thing because it did go through like three different graphics engines. They literally restarted that game like fucking three or four times. Um, and so, you know, that was a bit of a special case. Do I think it's that? No. Do I think they actually got a fair way in Probably. and yeah. then had to press the reset button in the last generation moving to this one? That is what I do think it is. I think they're looking for concept artists and stuff because they did do a CGI thing. You don't spend money to do CGI unless you've got something to put it against because CGI, this is not like Elder Scrolls 6 where they put the JPEG up on the screen and they fucking zoomed in on it for 45 seconds and everyone was like, ah, yeah, it was like that. It wasn't that they, they didn't get away with that, right? They had to like try, they had to try a little harder. So they spent some money on CGI. So I think they probably did. Like, they were moving into something like that. Maybe an engine change at one point. But now I think they're looking at... I swear to God, they probably got, like, partway in. It wasn't, like, hitting all the right notes. There's been some organizational restructuring, as we know, around Ubisoft uh, and COVID and whatnot that's happened. And I think they looked at it and said, we can go ahead with this, but I think we all know it's probably going to be... It's going to come out looking too old, playing too old. It's not going to be it. And we don't want to do that. So run some numbers. Doesn't make sense for us to just do this reset, get an honest to God team on it 
and put it in Unreal Engine 5. And that's probably what's happening right now with the, the new senior concept artist. Uh, and, uh, and so we'll have to wait and see just how much longer this bitch comes out, you know, before this bitch is out. Uh, but I feel like it's unfortunately, like it was never going to be a 30 million copy game. Like that was never going to happen. So I feel like the shitty thing about this is that I, how do you fucking make money off of it at this point? Cause you like 15 years, whether you're like halfway in or not, you've spent some dollars on this shit. Uh, a lot of time from a lot of employees. And so it's going to get more and more difficult to do. It's kind of similar to like, um, when they did Psychonauts 2 more recently. And that was like a cult classic game on the Psychonauts on the Xbox. Didn't sell very well back then, but then like some movies that got to Netflix and all of a sudden people found it were like, fuck me. That's a good ass movie. Why didn't I fucking know about this movie sooner? That was Psychonauts. And they made a second one because of that. Beyond Good and Evil 2 is kind of approaching that territory, but fuck me, man. 15 years. God help you guys over there at Ubisoft. Fucking hell. Um, and that's it. Mr. Black, it's time to sell out. Mm, Patreon.com slash lag TV. Head on over there. Throw money at the screen. Even if it is a dollar, make it happen. If you can't afford that or you just don't want to do it, it's okay. It's all right. Grab NordVPN instead. NORDVPN.com slash OTT. Head on over there. Get yourself a two-year subscription. Get a massive discount. Plus, four bonus months when you use that promo code OTT. 30-day money-back guarantee. You don't like the service for whatever reason. Get all your money back within 30 days. No questions asked. Plus, keep yourself safe. Keep yourself anonymous. If you're planning on reselling a whole bunch of Nintendo stuff and you don't want to get caught, don't use my promo code because I don't want to have anything to do with (laughs) illegal activities. But if you do want to hide your IP from internet thieves or people around you publicly, Get yourself NordVPN. You can use it on your phone. You can use it on your TV. You can use it on your PC, your Mac, your laptop, your iPad. They got an app for everything. Guys, it's super easy to use. I got it on my phone. I use my shit all the time. Sometimes I want to watch something on American Netflix. You know what I do? I pretend I'm in the United States of America. I mask my IP at the click of a button. Boom. Suddenly I can watch Breaking Bad. It's great. It's awesome. And more importantly, guys, they're out there to steal your information, your credit card information, to get to 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 gather info on you. you I hear TikTok? the TikToks are coming for us. You hear the TikTok was taking your identity <laughs> and taking your info? Do you hear about that? See what Congress was doing? Bet you them motherfuckers didn't have NordVPN. Don't have to worry about any of that. <laughs> they don't know what NordVPN is. They, they don't, don't know even know what, what Wi-Fi is. Let's be real. That's bad. Yeah, let's be real. Let's, let's be real. <laughs> what I'm trying to say, guys, is get yourself NordVPN. Keep safe. Support us. Support yourself and the sponsor. And it's less than a cup of coffee a month. It really is affordable. This isn't 
This isn't something that's costing you $19.99. It's not costing you $5.99. It's not costing you $4.99. Depending on your currency, it's, 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 a, it's like three bucks. To stay safe, to have more options on the internet, to watch region block content, and to support us. Head on over there. Check them out. Link is in the description below. NORDVPN.com slash OTT. And now it's time for Movies and TV. Did we thank uh, Stefan for his uh, for his super chat earlier? I didn't. Well, thank uh, you, Stefan. Stefan. It's, it's a 50 DKK. I don't know what that is. I don't know what currency that is. I don't know is how much that equates to. That but thank Swedish? You. I don't know, but thank you for that super chat, Stefan. It's, it's not ger, or ger, germ, German. I'm going to look it up. DKK. I don't, I don't, I've never seen DKK as a thing. Currency. It is Danish Krone. Danish Krone. I was thinking Krone, but I thought Sweden, which means now he hates me. Mm. I might. I fucked he up. Might. But yes, thank you. We got it. I fucked up. Bless. I appreciate that. I just did the conversion. Yes, it's about $10 Canadian. Look at that. We had two of those today. Thank you. It is appreciated. Bless. Mr. Black, we might not agree with him, but you got to respect the list anyway, because after all, it is his own friggin' list. Nicolas Cage was asked what his top five Nicolas Cage movies are. His response? Here we go. Pig? Very recent. Mandy, Bring Out the Dead, Bad Lieutenant Port of, uh, Port of Call, New Orleans, and Joe. Really big fan of one-syllable fucking movies, that he's, uh, or, or one-name movies. Uh, Pig, Mandy, <laughs> Joe. I don't even know what Joe is, I'm going to be honest. I, I have, I have I no did, clue what Joe yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty old movie. I knew it would be an older one. I, I, I don't think I've... I've ever heard of it, which is shocking. I would have thought I would have saw it come up at some point in my life. But Mr. Black, how do you think about that list? Do you think it's missing something that you would have uh, personally put in there instead? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much none of these movies. I really, I really, <laughs> I didn't see Pig. I did see Mandy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bring Out the Dead. I don't even recall that movie. Uh, let me see here. Bring Out the Dead. I've never seen Bring Out the Dead. From 1999, so he I, did give I've a ne- special shout out to Face Off because a lot of people were, would have mentioned Face Off in his uh, his list. Yeah, um, I mean, hey, listen, it's it's his uh, it's it it's his personal list. I mean, he might, and you never know, he might not even be saying it from like what's his favorite movie, movie, but it might be his favorite experience filming yeah. the movie, yeah, 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 being part of it. I don't know. I would say my favorite, my top three Nicolas Cage movies are uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, um, National Treasure, Mm. and Face Off. Probably my, ooh, Con Air. Con Air is number one. How can I forget about Con Air? How does he not have Con Air on there? Con Air is number one. Then I would go with... uh, Face off. Then I would go with 
gone in 60 seconds. It's probably it. And you know, the, the new movie, the massive talent. I mean, that shit's a meme, bro. That's gotta be, that's gotta be like number five. It's gotta be like number five. Like I, I can't think put it's it in a, the top three. Cause no, it's a bit but of it's, a meme. It's definitely it's, five. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a top five. It's gotta be a top five. In no particular order, you know, uh, yeah, gone in 60 seconds. Uh, uh, you know, un- unbearable weight of massive talent is, uh, is definitely, uh, definitely on there. I, I really liked Lord of War was a good one that he did. Uh, I think face off has to be there legally. I think it's, I think it'd be illegal otherwise uh, to not have it. Uh, and yeah, I mean, as, as much of a, as much of a not, you know, cinema movie as it, as it is, it's pretty fun to watch the national treasure line of movies. They did a really good job with those. They're a fun watch. Uh, I did see Pig. Pig was really fucking good. It's, there's a good chance if I thought about it long enough, I'd shift that shit up there into the top five. Uh, I thought uh, I thought it was very, 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 very well done, um, indeed, and showcased maybe what might some might consider older Nicolas Cage, who did movies that weren't just, you know, like crazy Nicolas Cage. He's a bit crazy in it, but it's not like the stereotype Nick Cage, which was nice to see. Uh, and, uh, and it'll be fun to see how Renfield does. I've, I haven't, I, I've, I have looked at, haven't looked at how it's been doing in the theaters thus far, but everyone in my community that's seen it and brought it up or I've seen on Twitter, everyone's like, yeah, it was pretty fun. Cause it plays directly into the crazy Nick Cage kind of, uh, sensibilities. And so, uh, so yeah, apparently that's, uh, not too bad either, but, uh, yeah, that'd be mine, but uh, very interesting picks in there, uh, for sure. Especially something like bad Lieutenant. I would have never in a million years thought that that was on that list. Something he did bring up in that in his response that I thought was kind of funny when he was mentioning some you know other fun roles that he's done that he would he would maybe include as like a a, a special mention. There was a thing very early in his career, and I don't even think if he I can't, I can't remember if he remembered even what the name of the movie was anymore. Or he did, and he said he I don't even know if I've seen like I can't even remember the whole movie. But what I do remember is that I didn't get paid for it. But what they did was they allowed me contractually. For my character, which was like a small part, it wasn't a lot for this character, to do whatever I wanted with the character. They gave me the name of the character and loose like description to whatever it was supposed to, and that was it. Contractually, whatever I wanted to do with the character was in my court. And so, of course, being Nicolas Cage, he read, read the script, had a pretty good idea of what he wanted to do with it. And so he decided that this character's motivation was, unfortunately, he had a very long pointy nose and he was having a hard time getting women. And so he had his rich father buy him a Ferrari Testarossa, uh, and that was his entire character. So he got a giant prosthetic pointy nose, and then drove up into the uh, onto the lot that day to to shoot, driving a Ferrari Testar- <laughs> Testarossa, and put that and put that to the film. That was it. They had no choice on contract. They had to do it. That was the character. And uh, he said at the time, he said. Everyone on set fucking hated me for it, but they couldn't do anything about it. Here I was, pointy nose in a Ferrari Testarossa, and uh, and that was uh, that was it. Uh, so that was pretty funny. It was a very Nicolas Cage thing, uh, even early on. This man was clearly a unique individual from from the start. There, that didn't just come up out of nowhere, uh, to say the least. So, anyway, there you have it. Uh, and now I have a reason to maybe watch some of these movies, like especially Joe. I have fuck. I I, I might have to go and and watch Joe and see, uh, and see what all the hype is about since he decided to put it on his list. Uh, probably one of the bigger pieces of news is the possibility, it's not guaranteed because the date hasn't arrived yet, but it is only 
Oh, what? Less than two weeks away now. The WGA members have voted 97.85% in favor of the strike. That's the Writers Guild of America for those at home. Uh, Starting May 1st, which is when their contract ends, current one. If their new contract demands are not met, uh, the main gripe is that the writers have been paid per episode. This is mostly a TV side of thing. I didn't see a lot of notes about the movie side. There might be more movie aspects to it. The stuff I read seemed to center more around the concept of compensation around series than movies specifically. The main gripe, apparently, is that writers have been paid mostly per episode for a long time, which was a good model when shows were 22 episodes pretty much as a standard per season, and not the more common 6 to 13 episodes that we have today. Um, for example, something like, uh, on to- oh, sorry, and on top of this, a lot of these more high-profile shows, like, for example, House of Dragons, the production can take a really long time. And so you have a really long commitment, but you're getting paid per episode, and the episodes are half as much or less than what used to be the standard uh, pay. So you've got writers tied up for longer, getting paid technically less because of how shows are being shot and handled today versus before, where most of this contractual stuff was based on for a long time. Uh, and so those are the two major, uh, major gripes that, uh, that I saw was like the length of time and the number of episodes. And so they're looking to change the structure of how writers are paid. There was also a bit in there about how Hollywood seems to, uh, be, uh, abusing this current contract in which they can simply file several writers into a room, uh, and just have them crank out some shit in the span of a couple hours and go away so that they can minimize uh, pay across these limited episodes and whatnot. There's some loopholes that they're trying to close up uh, regard in regards to uh, the writing in, in these situations. Um, and while a strike hasn't happened since the one in 2007, and Mr. Black probably would have remembered that happening back then, uh, that hurt the industry quite a bit at the time. That was a nasty one, 2007. Uh, it actually was kind of the dawn of a lot of um, off-the-cuff uh, content because you didn't need writers. So there was a lot of just unscripted stuff going on around at the time for that very reason. It wasn't because of, oh, suddenly everyone wanted to. It was suddenly if you wanted to make money, you were going to do some unscripted shit. That's just kind of how it, how it went down. And so something very similar could happen like that if they don't uh, end up coming to an agreement here in the next 11 or so days as of this recording. And for example, The Last of Us, uh, which is a pretty popular show for their first season, they haven't penned their second season yet. That's not done. And we know that one. What we don't know as another big heavy hitter, it's unclear as to whether the final season or the finale season of Stranger Things, which I think is season five, we don't know if that's actually been done getting written either. So there are some pretty big money, big shows that are hanging in limbo here for their writing rooms if this doesn't get wrapped up by May 1st. And so the solution, as I said, is proposed to apparently help change how compensation occurs in the more modern environment in which writers are operating now, which, in my opinion, seems relatively fair. I mean, what they have written out here doesn't seem like they're coming for anyone's throats. It's true. Anyone with eyes can see that the structure of series have changed pretty dramatically uh, over time. And more specifically, in the, in the more modern, modern back half of streaming services, they're more prolific. Everyone's doing their own series and stuff on their own platforms now. 
and they all follow similar structures. And many of them are big, $500 million, $200 million, $100 million series that take a long time to produce. So I could see why these would all be concerns and something that could probably pretty easily be abused by the industry. So Mr. Black, as somebody who is deeply ingrained and has all of this right into the main vein... What are your thoughts on the uh, possible WGA strike? Do you think that this is a reasonable thing for them? And do you think they will successfully lock uh, their demands down? Or do you think it's going to be a little bit more difficult? No, I think it's a reasonable strike. They're overworked and underpaid. And um, I find uh, the um, the whole Netflix uh, streaming service industry and the way things are being made um, – is still using your traditional Hollywood uh, type uh, uh, way of paying people. And it just doesn't work in this new format. And they need to adapt for this generation's media. Um, and it seems like, you know, the writers, the writers are going to go on strike if they, if they aren't being paid accordingly. Um so yeah, I'm I'm not against it. Do I think the strike is going to happen? No, I don't. I think they're gonna they're gonna solve this before uh, before that date happens because the movie industry or the TV industry as a whole uh, can't afford this right now. Just got out of COVID like a year ago, less than a year, <laughs> uh, where things kind of are back to normal, um, and there. We need it. We need to get back. We need. We. They can't afford to stay another idle again for another. Yeah, they. You know, the last time they went on strike, man, it fucked the movie industry up pretty fucking good. I mean, I remember the most famous one for that was like Quantum of Solace, the the Double O Seven movie, where uh, Daniel Craig was like, "We were literally writing scenes as we were filming," so like they would go on set not knowing exactly what to do, and they're sitting there writing shit on the fly you and know recording what? it. Pretty dope movie, anyway. They pulled that shit fucking off. Uh, I they, pulled, give it- they pulled it. They 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 pulled they pulled off a movie in a, a watchable movie that was you know some people didn't like, some people like. For could have been a lot worse. Had. Oh, it could have been a <laughs> hell of a lot worse. Uh, but yeah, we just don't. They just don't want to go. They they're not going to want to go through that again. Uh, it doesn't seem like their demands are anything astronomical. Um, and I think that they actually have leverage now. I think that they, are, they this is a good time to do it. This is a good time to do it. So we'll see. Maybe maybe we'll talk about this again next month, uh, or maybe it just won't happen. Yeah, we'll know because it's uh, yeah the first of May, not too far away. So it won't take too long for us to find out uh, what the uh, the solution is uh, to this. But clearly, I mean, my God, ninety seven, almost ninety eight percent. That shit is unanimous with a capital U. Shit is crazy. That's a very high, which is similar as actually, I think, just a shade less than back in 2007. I think 2007, I'm either reversing it. This is either like a percent higher or a percent lower. Very similar uh, circumstances. And I agree. I think that their leverage is the timing. Yeah. It's the coming out of uh, coming out of the pandemic and everything. That is the gives them enormous amounts of uh, of leverage. Last up, Mr. Black, I can't believe it isn't a joke. This will be pretty quick, but I had to put this in here. But apparently Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson may somehow against all odds legitimately be brothers. I don't know if you've seen this. I did not uh, see it. No. Okay, so this Matthew McConaughey brought this up first. So Matthew McConaughey was talking to his mother. Uh Mom McConaughey is what he uh, what he calls her. 
And uh, she admitted, uh, we, you know, I, we don't know, we don't know, you know, the context of this, but she admitted that she knows or knew Woody's father. And he said the way that she said that had a lot of innuendo hanging off the end of it. Uh, and the birth period of one of, the, I can't remember which one, uh, of Matthew, I believe it was, uh, specifically, was during the, well, it would make sense, it had to be Matthew, was during the nine-month hiatus, she and and his actual, who he thought was his, possibly he could still be, for all we know, but his, his father, who he knows to be his father, they were on hiatus during the period in which, uh, in which Matthew was born, uh, and within a nine-month window of the very heavily implied innuendo between his mother and Woody's father. After discussing that or finding out about that, he talked a little bit about it, and then Woody brought it up and talked a little bit more about it. Uh, I think it was on Conan O'Brien's show, when he, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and they, you know, he was asking him a bit more about that and how Matt, you know, felt about it and how the guys were talking. Because clearly they've talked about it now. You know, they're pretty close to begin with. That's what this makes this so fucking crazy and kind of funny. Uh, and, uh, he said, well, they've been talking about maybe doing a DNA test to confirm whether or not it's legitimately a thing. Uh, but, but he said that Matt's taking it kind of hard because he really loved his father and like, I know I'm reading his book right now. And he's, yeah, so he's a big fan of his dad. So like this would shat this would possibly shatter his fucking world a bit. Uh, and what he said, he's been trying to like, you know, say to him, like, look, it's not, you're not losing your father. Your father was still your father. It just so happens that this might have been some crazy fucking insane shit, but look at it this way, you're gaining a brother, is what he told him. And so, if this was really, if this, I swear to fucking God, that you couldn't make this shit up. That, that'd be nuts. What a coincidence. Like the the that fact would, that they're insane. in, like, they're in, you know, true detective together, they fucking killed it, it would explain why possibly they play off each other so fucking well. Uh, they're, and they're coming, they're, dude, they just did a series that's coming out that's called Brother from Another Mother. I can't fucking make this shit up. They are do it's already done. It's coming out and it's based on their actual real life relationship. So if they find out that they really are related, I will fucking lose my mind. That shit would be absolutely crazy. Now, it is doubly disappointing perhaps because if you know anything uh, about Woody Harrelson's father, you know that maybe not everyone wants to be the son of Woody Harrelson's father because well, he was a hitman. A very well-known, federally hunted hitman. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, for Mr. McConaughey, who went from having this certain father figure that, as Jeff said, as he's reading his book, very much looked up to his father, to, oops, your father was actually a hitman. He might take, the, he's a very sentimental guy, as you would probably read in his book, you can tell. He's incredibly yeah. sentimental. Uh, and so that would probably be a hard one for him to, to process. Not that I think he's going to be upset about being related to Woody. They obviously are very good friends. Like, Woody and, and Matt are clearly very good friends and have been for a long time. But, uh, but that would be a, a very, a very uh, you know, an interesting thing. So we'll have to wait and see if they go through with the DNA thing. It's entirely possible that they just decide to live and let live. Because it doesn't change anything. They're both good friends. If they were brothers, wouldn't change anything. If they weren't brothers, wouldn't change anything. But it might be a, ca a case of either live and let live, or this is going to pick away at my fucking brain until the day I die, and I need to see this shit on paper as to whether or not it actually is, and we'll just have to wait and see and respect their decision either way. But e just a crazy, a crazy Hollywood thing I thought I would, I would throw out there, just coincidence and just be insane uh, for that uh, if it was, in fact, true.
And that's all I got, unless you've got something else for movies and TV, Mr. Black. That's it. All right, that means it's time to move on to... Tag support. All right, let me pull this up here. So we just, uh, we got a pretty short list, so I'll save a couple for our pod, our, uh, excuse me, our, our StarCraft cast. And we'll get a couple in here. What do we have here? Logan asks, What's the weirdest internet rabbit hole that you've ever found yourself falling down? The weirdest one. YouTube can take you down some crazy fucking... I've gone down some fucking rabbit holes, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I've gone down some fucking rabbit holes. I'm trying to think. Yeah, there's been there's a few. So I'm trying to think of like what's the what's the craziest rabbit hole I've been down. I think, man, honestly, uh, like one of them is probably the uh, the uh, the Scientology rabbit hole that seemed to happen on YouTube to me more than one time. Where mm-hmm. YouTube funneled me into like some crazy Scientology shit. That shit's uh, crazy, and that shit is crazy. That's it don't crazy get a lot shit. crazier. Like that's up there, towards the top. Uh, and beyond that, um, probably, probably like the the section. It's much bigger now, but when it happened to me and I fell in the rabbit hole, it wasn't it wasn't the same. I think the pandemic really uh, blew this genre up on YouTube. But uh, the the genre of um, like kitchen vlogger people that are just like like they go through like they're just their their day in the life. They're not like walking around. They're like for some reason these people have money already, so they have like a fucking like Sony fucking camera that's like eighteen k like HDR, and they're just like silently fucking like filming their like walk around their town, and then they're like filming themselves. They've got like shotgun microphones to pick up the food cooking sound perfectly like this is like some some food network level fucking production like that that area of youtube uh that was definitely one weird in that at the time it wasn't really a thing that was like what it is now uh but tangentially related to that there is a youtube channel that i think still exists where it's just a guy again with an incredibly expensive camera that goes around to various cities in the world, spend a lot of his time starting because I think he's from the region in Asia to start. So Japan, China, Korea, walking around the major cities and that's it. Just walking around, but not necessarily just in the ones that places everyone knows, but like back alleys and like smaller districts and things like that. No voice, no nothing, just ambient and like you know, maybe blur out faces or whatever if, uh, later on, and then just walking around in 4K, glorious fucking pixel quality, and that's mm. the show. Uh, which, by the way, is pretty relaxing. Toss that bitch off onto the side. It's kind of a weird thing. Found myself, but that's a pretty good one. So I would say weird but entertaining. Scientology, just all weird, just 100 percent weird. Yeah. Um, I've gone down. I've gone down the pyramid rabbit hole several times. Oh. So that one, that how, one keeps we a new shit yeah. all the time for that one, Mr. Black. Yeah, I would say like once every two years or so, I just get the urge, and I just once <laughs> I start listening to it and watching it, I just keep going, and then I'll watch these weird documentaries and stuff of these people that are like legitimately fucking batshit crazy, 
and you know they're like it's same with the ufos and different things like i've gone down the aliens guy oh yeah the aliens guy i've gone down them rabbit holes pretty fucking deep like paranormal rabbit holes alien rabbit holes pyramid i get bad on paranormal every once in a while yeah. i'll watch yeah, like the shitty fucking like tlc shows and shit that they and did then, or the boom, next thing you know it you're watching fucking everything on youtube and and then i'm watching these shows of these like ghost hunters <laughs> and uh you know it's just it's i've gone down them holes rabbit holes before and oh yeah uh, you know yeah so I, I would I I would say I would say those those ones are the the ones that uh, catch my attention. It's it's and there there are those things that like if I see it on my suggestion list or something and I click on a video, three hours have gone by. It's fucking two o'clock Bro. in the morning and I'm going, what the fuck am I doing? What what am I what am I doing? I'm I'm gone. Like it, and it just takes one. It just takes one, and I'm gone. So that and this was like the doom scrolling before doom scrolling existed. Yeah. Or like, or before TikTok or YouTube Shorts or whatever, the thing that you would do and then look at the clock and it's like next Tuesday is rabbit holes on YouTube. And just like fucking, you don't know how you got there. All of a sudden you're watching it, uh, like some person building uh, a cottage in the middle of fucking Russia and they're like lived in cabin four years by self somehow had access to camera and uploaded this on the one time I went back to town. Like, the shit that you find online is just nuts. And you get down these crazy holes, and uh, just like uh, going to a strip club, sometimes the holes you're not supposed to go down. Um, Last one before we move on. (laughs) That one just hit Jeff a little late. There's a little latent on that one. Caught up. (laughs) Caught up a little bit. Uh, Xenon asks, have you ever grown food from scratch? Uh, What would be your go-to veg veg to have for free? (laughs) No. My go-to veg to have for free? Yeah. Uh, I would say avocado. (laughs) That's expensive. So, yeah, it's a good one. That's That's why. <laughs> Dude, I like the worst thing about avocados, and this just happened to us this week. It goes is my so buy cool. avocados, like I do them in bags or whatever, and I will specifically look for ones that look like they're in stages of ripeness. It's kind of like when you buy yeah. bananas. You don't want to buy yeah. them when they're all the same shade. Because nah. you're gonna get they're all ripened simultaneously. You're fucked. Yeah. So I'll look for it. And this week I did that and I found it. I was like, oh fucking good bag. You know, somebody's gonna look forever to find one. Got it home. They all ripened fucking simultaneously. And I found myself eating a whole ass avocado at a time. My fucking body was going, what are you doing? This is so much fat. I know it's supposed to be healthy, but that's still fat. You got to fucking slow down. And so I was just crushing avocado. We had to freeze two of them to use later because just like, bro, all at the same time. Uh, I have personally, I like for when I was younger, we did uh, for a time have this was before jeff was on the, the the street we had a garden a couple of garden on the when you're facing the house jeff on the right hand side uh of of the house we had a, a couple of boxed in areas to grow food in the spring and summer uh so just some vegetables because mom was missing farm food or whatever because if you've ever had you know if you go to a farmer's market the you might want to tell yourself that what you're buying at the grocery store in North America, because in Europe, this shit's fucking different anyway. But here you buy like a bag of carrots or some shit. There is a stark difference between the bag carrots you just bought at the grocery store and the ones that you just got at a farmer's market. You can't convince me otherwise. The taste and the texture is fucking wildly different. So she was missing that shit. So we, we grew for a time. We grew uh, lettuce, tomatoes, um, 
zucchini, and I think we did carrots for a short time because those are all pretty easy to grow in our climate. The zucchinis went fucking crazy. That shit loved our climate for whatever reason. We had zucchinis coming out our fucking ears. I never ate so much zucchini in my life. Uh, but, uh, we did that for a few years and then just the mom was like, nah, fuck that. Not, not where I just want to do something else. So, uh, we did. And if I had a free vegetable for life, man, it's hard to say anything other than avocado because they're just so fucking expensive. They're just expensive, man. You got to go with avocado, you know, and then you could even sell some. <laughs> a avocado empire you know what's crazy like the uh like the cartel in mexico like the the avocados are up there with with fucking drugs bro i believe it they run the show they run the show shit's crazy so when you Somebody see when you buy those, some avocados when you see those mexican avocados you look at that and you go thank you <laughs> appreciate it uh, and I guess since we only got five for this week, I guess we should probably leave it there, Mr. Black. I uh, know another one just rolled in. Let's just make sure if this is, um, oh, you know what? Nope. That one that just came in is perfect for StarCraft because it's a StarCraft question. So we'll leave it at that, Mr. Black. We'll leave it there. We're going to go on and uh, do StarCraft now. And so thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, for joining us here on YouTube Live. Hopefully you uh, enjoyed yourself. If you're on the RSS feeds, bless you. Make sure to leave a like, subscribe, all that nonsense. Where's my mouse cursor? I found it. There it is. We'll see you guys next week. And until we do, have a good week. Stay safe out there. Uh, and, uh, you know, be careful with your avocados. That shit's expensive. Don't fuck it up. Peace! Hey!